You are listening to the In Context Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the In Context Podcast. Today I'm joined by uh, Matt, Nathan and Graham, uh, some of my bosom buddies. And today we're going to be talking about the need for friendship, especially in ministry. So morning lads, good to see you all. All right. All right. Nice. So uh, the reason we're talking about friendship is over the last couple of weeks, I've been chatting uh, with a couple of ministers. One of them was telling us about uh, the need for pastors to to preach uh, to themselves. Often in ministry, we can become discouraged. We can face trials. And uh, Dr. Robert Smith was saying that if we preach to ourselves before we preach to our congregation, that prepares us for ministry. Uh, I was speaking to Matt Searles about the Psalms and he was talking about praying the Psalms. So there was an obvious uh, need for encouragement and motivation in ministry. And we have these tools of God. He gives us the gift of his word. He gives us the gift of prayer so that we can be fed through his word and by his spirit. But he also gives us the gift of friendship. And uh, we don't talk about that much. I was never trained in that when I was doing ministry training no one ever told me about the gift of friendship or the need of friendship in ministry so what about you lot did you encounter any training on friendship and the importance of it when you were doing your training I did the same training as you sir so you're equally ill prepared as I am yeah although to be fair though I think that were that were where you and I got to know each other for a start, wasn't it? So it's it, I think often you just do it naturally when you're in the same boat as people. When you're learning, you, you develop friendships, you bounce off each other. Um, I think we can talk about this later, maybe, but it's the it's the challenge of keeping them friendships up mm. later that's actually the hard thing. But yeah, not I don't remember all about you know. The, the only thing I remember from training is someone saying you shouldn't have friends in the church, which <laughs> yeah, I, t- yeah, I, took, I took on as gospel and kind of that ruined me in, in many ways. So, yeah. Yeah, strange that, isn't it? Well, yeah. that, that shows, doesn't it? So we became friends outside of the church when we were doing a course together. But yeah. I think a lot of pastors have a lot of friends until they become pastors. They move away from the friends, the family. They're in a new location often. Uh, separated from everyone who they knew, and that's when the isolation and the loneliness comes in, isn't it? Mm. Uh, what What about you, Matt? What? How? How? Because you you're in a different town to where you grew up and where you trained. So yeah. So I so I didn't have any formal training, so I didn't have a chance to be told whether you could or should or shouldn't have friends. I did hear that same thing though that Graham heard that you know within the ch- when you when you're a pastor you can't have friends in your church basically. Mm. And I was just thinking, like, that's just weird. So, like, you just have to be detached from everybody. How you support, you know, surely as you pass the people, there is a bit of friendship there. It's not a it's not a complete standoff between you, between you and the people. It's like you're supposed um, to be a social worker, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, can't be friends with the people. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so I'm in, a, I am, I'm in a different town to where I grew up. Yeah, so, I mean, I still have friends... In, in Sunderland, mates who, you know, I grew up with are family members, but I don't see them very often. Uh, and so actually, ministry-wise, yeah, I think I, I massively see the importance of having friends or other friends who are pastors because of the nature of the work, because of the nature of it being all-consuming, uh, because of the nature of it often being isolating, you know, that 
the thought often comes, doesn't it? I mean, I, I imagine you've had the similar thing. Of, well, nobody else here is going to understand this pressure. Nobody else here is going to understand what's kind of buzzing around me head every week. Nobody really gets what you have to do during a week. You know, the age world. Oh, the pastor only works on a Sunday. Or, you know, well, you're only studying for two sermons a week. What else do you do with your time? Or, or whatever else it might be. And thinking, actually, no, there's a million and one things happen during a week. Which actually squeeze that study time massively down to 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 probably as the minimum it can be. Um, so yeah, the thing of having people you can talk to and say, look, how do you do this? How do you keep these all of these plates spinning or all these balls juggling and not drop them all? Um, and so I think having having friends who are pastors, like actual good friends, uh, it, it's essential, really. Otherwise, what all you're going to lead to is isolation, burnout potentially moral failure all these other things not that not that not having friends guarantees those those problems but it it leaves you more open to those problems because you've got no outlet for for talking about the things that are hard really um, of which there are many yeah and what about you Nathan because you moved for uni and then moved again from uni to Middlesbrough yeah I think um yeah, I think it can be. I think what what both Graham and Matt have said is is true, and I think it can be even more true in smaller churches like ours, where we are more isolated anyway. So, um, yeah, that need for for fellowship with other pastors is really key for us because our churches can feel so fragile so much of the time. So maybe if we were pastors of bigger churches in city center where there's lots of other churches around you, you maybe don't feel that that need so much for other other um pastors to be to be involved in your life whereas yeah i think for us in in the work that we're involved in um i think that that's really key so i think like, like what you both mentioned there about you know the, the pastor can kind of be put on a pedestal as being just kind of doing a doing a job um and they don't need friendships outside of that i think that that can be um yeah that can be made even more the case when it comes to church planters mm. that we can think that they really don't need friends because they've got you know they've just got so many other things to be doing um but actually yes yeah, it's, it's more brutal because they're probably going to be more more isolated and actually need those friendships more mm. yeah and again, before we move on, just addressing this thing about how we shouldn't be friends with our church members, I just find that appalling that anyone would think that, never mind teach that. When we see the perfect pastor in Jesus having his best friend in John, that is an example for all of us. He was in authority. He was the pastor. Uh, uh, that was that was a good friend of mine just ringing <laughs> <laughs> but but he's not that good because I've just cut him off. <laughs> but we see Jesus, don't we? We see Paul with Titus and 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 with Timothy and 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 Paul in every church that he's involved in planting and supporting. He he has deep friendships and relationships with people. But again, we 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 see uh, Paul. He has friends in ministry and he has friends outside of ministry. We some of us are married. And our wives are supposed to be our best friend, but it's not always helpful to share uh, with your congregation because uh, 
sometimes you might have an issue within the congregation that you need to share and that can result in gossiping. Often when I've shared with my wife, I, I, I want to get things off my chest and I can end up causing my wife to sin because she wants to defend me. Even if I'm wrong, she would take my side. So we do need peer-to-peer friendships, don't we? Often within the church, even if we're sharing with some people, uh, even though it's not the case that we are higher than the people we're sharing with, they might feel that and feel ill-equipped to challenge us. Uh, so so for me, what I've needed from, from friendships uh, from my peers is people who will encourage and comfort but also challenge me mm-hmm. and most importantly laugh with me I think just having a good laugh is something that again I was never taught uh, after a couple of weeks of ministry you might just need to go and have a daft laugh over a pint of beer in a pub somewhere yeah. and I think it's, it's it's that thing in it what what you've kind of been getting out there is having friends in different spheres mm. who you can share different things with and can it's a bit like getting on an holiday isn't it sometimes you just you know you 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 need to to just get away and be able to share somewhat more openly or in a different way or whatever it's like so we should have friends in this church like you say we should have friends who appear i think it's important as well this is what's really hit me during lockdown is is it's important to have non-christian friends mm. because you know i think we we um we just need that one we need to spend time with non-christians um anyway because we've got to share the gospel with them but more important not more importantly but a, a big part of it is there's just that that release of you know i don't have they're not going to ask me about the politics of church they're not going to ask me about how church is going they're not interested in me as a pastor i am just another bloke and and therefore they will just have a laugh and they will talk about football and and nothing else and stuff and and it's almost like that not escape but it just it's an outlet in a different way um so i think it's important to have those friends in all those different spheres mm. that uh, different like concentric circles or whatever of your life so that you know you can share and you can there can be an outlet and you can just be a laugh and you can just be yourself and in all those different ways i think that's important well, for me, I have, most of my friends are outside of ministry anyway. Because I, I, I'm just a first-generation Christian. I've, been, I've only been saved since 2003. Uh, I, I've got friends within the church. The struggle for me was making friends, like uh, peer-to-peer friends, friends who were in a similar position to me. So how, how are we supposed to go about building these friendships, especially for people like me who who's never been to seminary? If you've gone to Oak Hill for three years, often you'll be with somebody you've trained with so Nathan you did that deal uh, so what were the benefits of being in the seminary building friendships at seminary and what were the drawbacks of <laughs> once you've left seminary how do you keep these relationships going if at all um yeah I mean I don't know if I'm the best person to answer because I'm terrible at kind of keeping in contact with people and keeping friendships going but um yeah I, I think um I do think that's a I do think that's a big help for people, and I do think that it's it's maybe yeah maybe undervalued. I think people can take that for granted those those relationships that they naturally form, you know, through whatever training program they go through or, or whatever. Um, and so maybe yeah maybe for some people they don't appreciate that actually there are pastors who don't have those relationships and and you know they need those friendships in place so um yeah i think i think that's definitely an area where 
people can kind of take things for granted and not acknowledge that everyone's had that. And that's a problem, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're similar to me, where I'm naturally quite happy to stay on my own and not see anyone for a weekend or spend time with anyone. Uh, I enjoy my own company. You're, you're pretty similar. And uh, because I'm happy, I just presume everybody else is. But mm. you mentioned there about making the effort to keep friendships going, isn't it? That is one of the things. Friendship requires effort. It's often time, travel, finance to keep these relationships going, isn't it? Uh, but we can discuss that a little bit more. What I want to do first, though, before we look at putting the effort into these friendships, is how do you find them? So, Matt, uh, you've 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 moved to a different area. How have you built up relationships uh, with, with pastors in this area? Because if you're in London, a gospel partnership or an FIEC network probably has tons of people within two yeah. or three miles from you. Whereas yeah. up north. We're, we're separated by geography, but also there's few and... Uh, Not many, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, th I think it still is those networks. It's just there's, there's, there's fewer people in them, isn't there? Mm. So it's not like you're going into a room with 100 people. You're going into a room with maybe five or ten. So, or, or you get, you have to get, I guess, getting connected up with people. So I, when I came to Stockton, um, I think through, I think it was through the FIEC, I think that I first knew you were doing church planting stuff in Middlesbrough. Um, and I think we made contact not long after I arrived, or maybe even it was before I arrived. Um, I, I knew of the Northeast Gospel Partnership, so I, I wanted to get connected into that. But again, you're only talking about, you know, a couple of handfuls of people, 10 maybe, involved in that and, and spread. So it's not like I had somebody else in that, in Stockton, who I could say, great there's a there's a natural place to start um we're around the corner from each other we can meet up every couple of weeks um you just you, you have to then work really hard at it and you almost you're finding it from lots of different lots of different angles really so there was already the, the church was already involved in the fraternal so i went along to that to meet some people um they were all a lot older than me bar one i think um or possibly two but um it was just it was it was those connections just to at least find some people who you could meet with. I met with some other pastors in Stockton to pray uh, with them, but beyond that, we didn't really we didn't see each other that often. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't. I guess those friendships didn't develop massively. Um, but yeah, it's working out where you're going to find. Like you said, it's not just an obvious one place to go where you're guaranteed to effectively find some people who you can connect with either locally or because you. You know, you just you hit it off as friends straight away, um. So it, it just it does take that time. It takes time. It takes time and effort. And and obviously, like we said, well, like I was saying earlier, when the weeks are busy, fitting that in and developing those friendships effectively from scratch because you've not come in with them, like you've said from from Bible college or you've not moved into a town where you you lived and so knew ten people already, or you've not moved into a town with you know, loads of evangelical churches that you can immediately connect with. Um, it, it's hard to it's hard to get that because the natural tendency is to go, I've got so much work to do in the job as pastor of this church. Well, what's going to drop? Often it's the the stuff that sometimes is benefit to you. Do you know what I mean? Like those friendships. And so it, it takes a lot of time and effort and planning really to, to do that and say, no, I, I need this. If I'm going to pass to the church. Well, I'm going to need this. So I'm going to have to put it in. Otherwise 
I'm going to, my passport of the church is going to get weaker if I haven't got, you know, that level of friendship and support from other, from other ministers. Yeah. And, and again, that fraternal, I was part of it at one point. And again, I, I went there as a young pastor struggling, feeling isolated, uh, mentally weary, spiritually weary. And often we turn up at a fraternal, there'd be a paper read, and then everyone would complain about the church. They were battle-worn pastors. They'd been in ministry and feeling this isolation that I'd known for a year or two, for like decades, some of them. So I'm not having a go at them, but I just felt like when I was going in there, I was feeling this tired and probably more felt more defeated after a fraternal than I did prior to going. There was a lot of uh, good stuff we could learn. Uh, people were getting stuff off the chest, but I didn't find there was much encouragement and there definitely wasn't anything to laugh about. <laughs> so I stopped going in the end, which made me even more isolated. Uh, and then until we met Earth Ministries uh, and meeting up with you guys and, and what we had uh, individually uh, as friends, bringing it together as a group more formally, has really benefited me. But Graham, share a little bit about how being part of this I wouldn't call it a fraternal, but this pastor's network within Medias Ministries, how has that helped you and encouraged you? Yeah, I think it's been great for me because um, obviously, like, we're in West Yorkshire, so in the kind of, not not in our towns, but in, in our cities or whatever, although Leeds is a bit different, there, there, are, there are quite a few FIC churches around, and so I have been to stuff and involved in stuff with other pastors and stuff. But like a bit like Matt, really, they tend to either be older or uh, they're just very different culturally. And uh, even sometimes thinking about ministry from from how we're doing. And I love them all, but there just wasn't that opportunity for me to just go and be relaxed um, because it is all we're discussing an issue or we're discussing a paper or, or, or whatever. Um, whereas I think the thing about what we do is like we just get together and um there's there's that opportunity well, we just chew the breeze right and i think that's the 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 important thing is that we're all relaxed in each other's company we all kind of um just able to share what's going on but we we we, we just we just have a laugh about it and we just like we're going to get together on monday like in person for the first time in whenever it is and and have something to eat and stuff and and you know that we're going to spend most of the time taking a mick out of each other and laughing and it's like i think that's really important in ministry people who understand um whereas i think most of what else goes on fraternal wise mm. is like it's very serious it's like we're going to discuss what you do when somebody commits public sin in the church and there's nothing wrong with that but it's not going to get, you know, it's not going to get you giggling. Um, whereas, whereas that bit more informality, and and I guess, I guess the other thing about Meadows for me is that we we're all a bit more similar culturally. So those things have their place, the fraternals and, and stuff. But you need to find people in in ministry who you can be mates with, who who you you just click with who you spend time together, whether it's like once a month like we do or, or, or whatever. Um, because, you know, and that's hard to find for, for guys maybe with our cultural background um, in, in the North because most, most pastors, uh, certainly around here, 
um, come out of that that that, for want of a better phrase, that 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 southern evangelicalism that that is quite different to to how we are culturally. And so I think that's the great thing about Meadows for me is that it, you guys get me and I get you guys hopefully, and therefore we can just share without having to think through what are they going to hear when I say this. Um, because we have got that openness and that that cultural unity, I guess, in, in many ways. And even though Nathan's like a cultural outsider, he's he's from down south. He's he's a bit a bit posher than what what we are. Uh, you feel secure in sharing your struggles with Nathan because because he's my co-pastor. He knows how much of a freak <laughs> I am. So well, <laughs> nothing you do will shock him because he's working with me on a daily basis. <laughs> Well, yeah. If I if I have a breakdown, I know you'll have cried more. So, <laughs> what about you, Nathan? How how do you find it? Yeah, I think I think so much of it just comes down to a matter of time, isn't it? And like I said earlier, putting the effort in, which is what I think pastors don't want to do, mm. or even if they'd like to, they don't see the value of it because, like what Matt was saying, you've got so many other things to do in your week. Mm. Like I don't have time to be building friendships with other pastors and so you know some of these networks you you meet like once every six months or something and you know you think well, what's the point of it and they might say oh we're a we're a, a band of brothers we're all fighting together like that's that's the language that I've heard used at these things but like not really because I don't know you, yeah you only see people every six months every 12 months maybe once a month but then it's just for like an hour squeezed in um and when the hour's up everybody's like rushing off because they've got all got a prayer meeting to go to or you know they've got to write their sermon or or whatever it is so it's it's people don't make the time for it i think is the problem um because people don't value it as highly as they value other aspects of their ministry um and, and i think i think that's a real problem because you know if you look at um say acts 20 i think it is when uh paul's saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders, he tells them to to watch over themselves and to watch over the flock that's been entrusted to them. And I think part of watching over yourself is building those friendships, isn't it? Mm. Building those partnerships with other pastors. And and I think that's just neglected because we're so busy focused on the watching over the sheep mm. that, that we don't watch over ourselves at all. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's partly why partly why we don't make the time for it um and because we don't make the time for it it's it's just neglected and it's people might say it's great people say oh it's great we have this fellowship but i don't know i don't know if they're just like lying through their teeth or if they genuinely believe it (laughs) um you know and they say oh it's great that we've got all these these friendships when it's actually just people they see like every other month for you know a very rushed hour where it's and because it's because it's just that one hour it's like we have to discuss a paper and we have to discuss this issue and we have to do all of these things and so that's why it loses that that relaxed atmosphere that you're talking about graham that's why it's so formalized i think is because there's this time pressure we've got to squeeze this thing in um so that we can get to the real work of actually like doing our jobs as pastors mm. this is just a nice optional extra on top which it shouldn't mm. be yeah and i think that's that i think that's some of what i'm saying about um culture as well is that there's an idol of productivity, I think, in the UK church. And it's like everything's got to be productive. You know, you can't just watch something on telly or whatever. 
you know, in your normal life, because that's not very productive, is it? And you've got to read, you've got to read big, heavy books, even novels and stuff, because, you know, you can't read sharp or something, because that's not very productive. Um, and I think, I think whenever I've been along to other things, it's got to be, we, we've got to make this productive, you know, so, so kind of, um, you don't just have that, that time where you, you, you're talking about real life and stuff, because you've got to talk about, about ministry stuff. And it's got to be productive. Whereas, like the product of what we get is like we get each other, you know, because we've spent that time together, um, and 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 that relationship. And I think that that's the important thing about a culture and why we're so relaxed with one another. And that that effort thing is is is, is true as well, isn't it? And you, you put effort into what you see as beneficial, don't you? And and. and I think when you know the need of friendship, you're willing to put in more effort mm-hmm. for it. And again, I think so. it's different as well. That time pressure, we're all under it. We're not saying that we are any less uh, constrained by time than other pastors. It's just what we find is our time is better spent recharging with one another so that we can go and be more productive uh, when, when we're back with the flock. And it works in different ways. So Matt can come and play football with us. He's only... Uh, a 25, 30 minute drive from us, whereas it's a bit more difficult. So we'll probably Skype more because you live at a, a, a further distance. Obviously, me and Nathan in the same church. So we spend time regularly eating with, with one another uh, and socialising with one another. And I think what we need to do is take advantage of every opportunity that we have. So when there is an FIEC conference, it's like, right, lads, let's let's meet up or there's a weekender. So again, it's being, uh, understanding that we are restricted by time. So let's make the most of the things that we're at together to develop yeah. these friendships uh, individually and, to, and more corporately as a group. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, other guys I know in ministry, whenever they go to like the FIC conference or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's like, right, here's an opportunity to network. Um, and I mean, whereas whereas we just end up in the pub together right on an evening <laughs> and, and there is there is downsides to that you know because like was it just recently where you sent around a message to us all saying was anybody at that fac thing about mississippi yeah. we were like no it was all afternoon we were all together in the pub mate um and so we like missed out on this opportunity but i think i think that you know you do need to do those things networking and stuff but it's like we prioritize each other because we know we need each other mm-hmm. at those times mm-hmm. um and, and it is that refreshment nature of it isn't it that's important yeah. yeah so again which leads us on to another thing we we uh, cancelled last year's but hopefully this year we'll be able to go ahead but we try and have a pastors and their family retreat so if you're a single pastor coming along if you're married come along if you're married with children come along and uh, I think that's important isn't it because our children need uh, friends our wives need friends and uh, it's good for for our individual friendships to be if we're talking about being part of the family God's family it's good for us to interact with each other's families as well so how how have you found that uh, pastor's retreat Matt because you've got uh, probably the youngest children out of us all probably the most (laughs) yeah yeah that's very true yeah um yeah, it's good. I mean, so it falls in it falls in a half term week. So obviously the kids can come. We can all come together. Um, it, it, it's great because it's it's a way, but it's there's people there to to talk to. 
you, you've got more opportunity during the day to chat with each other, relax with each other. So we, it's not that we don't have any serious conversations. We do. There's often issues we want to we want to chat through, do you know what I mean, and and, and work out uh, in practice. But it just it gives it gives a good amount of time to do that. Um, and it's good because the the kids the kids get to learn about Jesus, spend time together, play together, while while we also get time to 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 learn from God's word and 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 share together. And then we get to do stuff all together. But there's also, you know, the time that there's then that time built in so that if we as a family just want to go and play with the kids for a bit, we can do that. And then, you know, then we can do something all together or we go out for a, a walk and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's all it's all helpful because there's, it, there's flexibility to it. It's not rigidly, right, there's nine or ten, then ten to eleven, then there's eleven to one, then there's one to three, and then there's, you've got half an hour a year and then you've got, you know, it, it, it's good that there's, there is some structure, but it's not so tightly packed that you've, you're almost more tired when you, when you come home than when you went. Um, so no, it's good because it, it, I think it has that good balance of, 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 of relaxation together. And yeah, I, I mean, our kids, have, our kids have really enjoyed it. So. Cool. And what about you? Because at one point, Graham, uh, your, your, your son was the only child in the church, wasn't he? Yeah, up until about a couple of months ago, actually. Yeah, so I, it was great for him. He absolutely loved it. Because, um, I mean, it's a long time ago now, isn't it? <laughs> Two years, nearly, since we since we last did it. Uh, but, yeah, he, 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 it, it was great for him to, to interact with the other kids. Um, so, you know, he loves, like, the kids in the church now are, are much younger than him, and he loves that, so it was great for the opportunity to play with uh, Matt's kids. And uh, it was great, you know... Um, for him to 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 run around, he spent most of the time running around with Orester, didn't he? And, and I think that that that's great for kids. You know, he gets to interact with kids his other his own age who were in church and stuff, which he doesn't really get much chance to do uh, at the minute. Um, and it was just it, the 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 thing about it is is it is so relaxed because it's like over whatever it was like four or five days or whatever it was. You know, there's opportunity, like Matt said, we went off, you know, watch around a couple of castles kind of thing. And did that, but then there's opportunity for us all together as a family to spend time, relax time with other ministry families. Um, and then there's time after the kids go to bed. We spent time together as blokes. We spent time together as as couples. We spent, you know, because a lot of the time, especially um, when you go to conferences and stuff, it's like we go to conferences. It's the blokes, and occasionally one or two of us might bring our wives, but. Often, you know, they've got responsibilities with the kids and stuff at home or, or the work or whatever. Um, and so you go to conferences, it's just a lot of blokes, which is nice, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think the great thing about the the being in labour and there is, is just being able to, yeah, we do get to do things as blokes and the women get to do things as women as well. But we all get to do things together as families or as couples. Um, and I think that's that's almost unique, I think, in in the kind of things that, you know, when, when pastors get together is, is, is a family uh, occasion. Um, and so the whole family get, get blessed by that. And what about you, Nathan? Cause you, you don't have children. You've got the, the blessing of, of a, a home that is peaceful and quiet most days. <laughs> and uh, again, you're, you're not married. So is that awkward for someone who's single coming along to one of these? Uh, how, how, how have you found it? Um, 
No, no, I, no, I haven't found it awkward at all. Um, yeah, I think it's good. Like, let's say we have a mix of people, don't we? So it's, um, yeah, I think it's good to good to get that that mix. And you know, all of us are in in similar situations in some ways, but yeah, different situations in other ways. You know, we've all got slightly different churches and different home lives and family lives and so on. So. Um, yeah, I think that's helpful as well. Just having those having those differences that that we're not all yeah we're not all exactly the same in exactly the same situation. Because um, if we were, then I think I think we would find it depressing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we? We'd all kind of find yeah we'd all yeah just be miserable and and whinging about our own situations. Um, whereas at least you know I can hear Graham's miserable rantings and. I can be encouraged <laughs> at least I don't have to put up with what he does and he can listen to what, he can listen to me rant about my life and he can think oh at least I've not got as bad as Nathan and <laughs> cheer each other up so yeah I think that was it was great as well because we had um uh, Dan and the family oh didn't we from Banstead yeah and, uh, just that that we we blessed him because we all went around and explained our situation and he kind of sat there with his wife and went yeah oh our life's easy isn't it <laughs> <laughs> life's easy um and I think I but that, I think that was good as well to have someone like that from a different culture, in church culture and background and stuff, just give us another opportunity to 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 chat with them. He got more opportunity to see what we're doing. Um, I think that that was a benefit of the week as well. We got to know them uh, as well, so that 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 was really good for us. Yeah, and that is really important, isn't it? So I, I find it so helpful having you lot who are in the same context with me, who understands me. But if we were just mixing with people from our context who were similar to us, we'd become very, not just monocultural, but it can just, what I found in the fraternal I went to, everyone was uh, depressed. So it just fed this depression. No one was leaving the meeting uplifted because everyone was sharing the struggles. There was nobody giving any encouragement and, I was talking about Acts 4 uh, this week. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken about this before at the FIEC conference about being excited about the name of Jesus, about how uh, <clears throat> Peter and John were excited about the name of Jesus because they'd spent time with him, they'd read about him, they were praising him. But then after they got battered and arrested and, and threatened, they went to be with other people who were excited by Jesus uh, to be encouraged. So although they came and shared about their struggles, they they went with the church immediately from being released from prison. They, they went to the church. Uh, they were reminded of God's sovereignty. They were reminded of God's beauty, but they were also uh, bathing in community of people who were excited about the name of Jesus. And that's what we need uh, to be around people, not just who were struggling like us, but people who were blessed in other areas, who can share their excitement about Jesus to encourage us. But again, when we find out that Dan doesn't have the same struggles as us in Banstead, but still struggles in other areas, it makes me think, wow, he's got to wait six weeks before he's <laughs> for having an appointment with someone for a Bible study. I can just do it every single day. So there's it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? And uh, if we're just with the same type of people all the time, that can produce like self-pity or uh, you can think that your heroes were the only proper 
uh, pastors and planters, we, we need a kind of, is it, is it, I hate using words that I wouldn't normally use, but is it eclectic mix? Of, <laughs> 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 I've heard someone use that before. I don't really know what it means, but. <laughs> I think, I think the other thing for me about that, um, about that week, what we didn't, when we got together, like the adults, we didn't sit around and go, right, what do, let's have a discussion about this big theological concept, or we didn't have a paper. We just opened the Bible and, and encouraged one another. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we worked through some Psalms, didn't we? And I think, I think that was a real joy for Don and I was like, you weren't going along and thinking, oh, right, yeah, this is basically work. Um, we're going to think about how we do ministry or, or this big, heavy theological concept. It was like, do you know what? Jesus is awesome. <laughs> and serving him is a real privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and that that that's really refreshing. I think I think that's important when um, we get together. You know, we we need to relax and we need to laugh and we need to share our situations and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, what why why can we help each other? Because we point each other to Jesus and we say, well, yeah, it is worth it. You know, that situation might be rubbish, but it's worth it keeping going because because Jesus. So I think that you know that 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 we just took one another to Jesus as we as we opened the word together, um, was great as well. Yeah, and in each every man who was there brought a word which was which was good. So different styles as well, and 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 different people looking at the Bible with a different lens. So mm. although we each read the Psalms a hundred times, we were getting different insights from different people. Yeah, it was it was so encouraging. And if anyone's interested who's in ministry, who would like to join us in October. There's still a couple of chalets left. We meet in Leyburn and uh, it's at, is it Redmire and uh, the Jonas Centre? If anyone's interested in, in, in joining us for a few days in October, if you're in ministry, uh, get in touch uh, via our Medhurst Ministries website. But we're almost come to an end. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share uh, about uh, what we've been discussing before we go? I think I, the only thing I I would say is like we talked a lot about friends in ministry and stuff, but I, I would just want to emphasise again this. You know, we said at the beginning we've been told don't have friends in the church. Mm-hmm. I think I think that is like bonkers, mm-hmm. um, because, and I think that's because so I heard somebody once say um, I don't I can't remember who it was who said it originally, but. Um, uh, the danger in ministry is your church might want to put you on a pedestal and you'll want to let them. And I think often we can be our own worst enemy and like we, we become separated from the church. We're not like just another, we're not just another bloke in the church. And, you know, of course there's an extent to which that's true, but I, I try to come to our church. I'm just one of the lads. I'm a sinner in need of Jesus. And yeah, God's given me a gift in and he's given me this authority in this way. But generally, when we're together, we're just sinners helping one another follow Jesus. And I think that ability to come together as as blokes and and, and men and women in the church um, is as important for pastors and the families as it is for anyone else. And, you know, um, the, I think it's really vital to have those friendships and those those relationships where you can laugh and take mick out of each other and stuff in the church. It's as important doing that day to day, perhaps even more important than the stuff we have yeah. and that outlet once a month or whenever it is. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I was going to say, you, you jogged me memory, something I was going to say earlier and then the conversation moved on is, uh, you read like, if you've read Dangerous Calling by Paul Tripp or his new one called Lead, which I haven't finished, but I'm partway through, he talks about the, the importance of those, that depth of relationship and honesty and grace and, and I guess really friendship within the eldership that you've got mm-hmm. or within the leadership that you've got massively matters. Now, obviously, if you're the lone elder, that's why that's why these then relationships like we've got matter even more because you haven't got anybody else who who, who understands that kind of what it is to shepherd the, the flock. But if you've got those elders, you need that within that eldership well. Otherwise, you're also going to have issues. Um, there needs to be that a, a level of honesty, and, and it takes time. Don't be wrong, but like any of these things do. But that that level of yeah honesty and grace and community and friendship within that leadership matters too because you're you're the ones in the trenches together day by day week by week aren't you so awesome any insights from you before we go Nathan not really just I mean we we've we've talked a lot about the benefits haven't we of of friendship and we've we've kind of touched a few times on the fact that it won't be easy and I, I think it just kind of bears repeating that again that you know it does take it does take work um but i think yeah it's it's worth it um for yourself and for your ministry as well um i think yeah it'll it'll benefit people's ministry more the more they build their friendships like graham was saying not just with other pastors but in the church as well um and that that might be difficult to kind of to not be seen as the pastor, but to be seen as, yeah, to be seen as yourself, not just as a kind of professional who's doing a job, mm. but then to, to kind of be vulnerable and to be yourself. Um, I think that that takes, that takes courage and it takes hard work. So um, yeah, I don't think we're, none of us are saying it's going to be easy, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep getting told by my wife to stop being myself. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, what well, we perhaps we need to do a podcast then on building friendships with people you don't like yeah. <laughs> and other, other pastors you don't like. <laughs> no, no one finds you funny, Ian. I don't know why you're saying that. They only laughing because they're embarrassed. <laughs> Everyone finds you funny. It's just you funny odd. Yeah, not funny, funny. <laughs> yeah, they're laughing at me, not with yeah. me. Yeah. Right. Well, you're buying your own palm on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, until uh, we meet on Monday at the Prickly Pear for a Parvo. It's been uh, great spending time with you again, lads. Uh, we'll shoot off because we've got a, a, another call after this that isn't getting recorded <laughs> where we're going to kick off and tell each other how much we hate one another. <laughs> but thanks very much, lads, for joining us on another edition of the In Context podcast. See you all soon.